0: Hello and welcome to re This is the place to discover more about emerging tech in the offshore renewables and how we will meet our future energy needs. My name is Michelle Hitches and I'm the Energy Systems Project Manager at ORE Catapult the UK's leading research and innovation centre for offshore renewables. We connect agile technology developers, academics and industry players working to accelerate the UK's wind, wave and tidal energy sectors. A national transition from natural gas to hydrogen is increasingly seen as necessary to meet the UK's net zero targets by 2050. The way we use, store and produce energy is changing and hydrogen production is essential if we are to reverse the effects of the climate crisis. This is where the £4.5 million Milford Haven Energy Kingdom project comes in. MHEK aims to accelerate the transition to an integrated hydrogen and renewable energy system by creating diverse local community-based markets that integrate with and benefit from the cluster of major energy infrastructure along the Milford Haven Waterway. In today's episode, we're joined by some of the project leads to understand more about the role MHEK will play in achieving net zero for Wales and the UK.
1: I'm Steve Keating. I'm Pembrokeshire County Council's Sustainability and Energy Team Manager. I'm leading for the County Council on the Milford Haven Energy Kingdom project. The County Council ourselves, we're on a journey we've committed to being net zero carbon local authority by 2030 and we're really committed to working with private sector partners public sector partners and third sector partners on projects just like milford haven energy kingdom so we're really pleased to be leading the project and it's been a fascinating journey for us so far
2: i'm tam bardell the energy development manager at the port of milford haven the port is the uk's largest energy port responsible for up to 20 percent of the gas that comes into the uk As a strategic energy cluster, we're looking to work with others and collaborate to decarbonise the Haven waterway.
3: Hello, I'm Hugo Spowers, and I'm representing River Simple. We're building the hydrogen cars for the Milford Haven Energy Kingdom project. We are, I must point out, a sustainable car company rather than a hydrogen car company. From the sustainability perspective, we believe that we need hydrogen cars as well as battery cars. But furthermore, we need to integrate transport activities with the energy system. So we're really very excited to be involved in the Milford Haven Energy Kingdom project because it exactly mirrors our vision of how we need to roll out sustainable energy and transport services.
0: Steve, would you like to give us a short introduction about what green hydrogen is and the logic behind bringing it into the energy mix?
1: Hydrogen itself is the most abundant element in the universe, uh, number one in the periodic table. Something we skipped over when we went straight to hydrocarbons and when we started to extract oil and gas is the energy in those fuels. Um, Hydrogen itself, it needs energy to separate it. It likes to bond itself to other stuff, hence the fact it was initially skipped over to go for perhaps easier options. But now, you know, we're, we're aware that The benefits of hydrogen are huge in the whole energy system. It can be produced anywhere you have electricity and water. It can be produced, stored, transported, and used without any toxic pollution whatsoever. It can carry three times as much energy per weight as petrol, diesel, or jet fuel. So, huge advantages to it. Green hydrogen itself, specifically, there's a number of colors of hydrogen. I won't go into them all. But green hydrogen itself is hydrogen that is produced using renewable electricity, and that's key. That electricity generation has to have no carbon emissions associated with it. So obviously we're looking at solar power, we're looking at wind power, hydro, tidal or wave, ideally. And then using that green electrical current, you can carry out electrolysis, which is the most common form of production of green hydrogen. Uh, Just run that renewable electricity current through water and you separate the hydrogen from the oxygen.
0: So what do you think hydrogen could power in the future?
1: The Milford Haven Energy Kingdom project, which we'll explain in a bit more detail shortly, uh, is all about hydrogen being used as an energy vector across the whole energy system. So hydrogen has the potential, uh, once you've got it and you've stored it, you can use it to generate power instead of methane, for example. You can use it to fuel vehicles. You could use it in your home heating, your home hot water, You could use it to balance um, electricity grids. You could inject it into the existing natural gas grid, whether that's blended with methane or ultimately that becomes 100% hydrogen gas grid. It can be used in a great variety of ways across the whole energy system. And really, that's the key benefit to hydrogen. Once you've got it, and you're probably the most advantageous method of producing it is from curtailed renewable electricity generation, where we have an excess of renewable electricity generation that we cannot... Get into the current electricity grid, can make hydrogen, store it, and then use it across that whole energy system.
0: Hugo, have you got anything to add here on the transport side?
3: For transport, hydrogen has some huge advantages. We absolutely believe that batteries have a role to play and they're very important, but they have some real limitations, particularly if you want to travel long distances, you need an awful lot of batteries and they're very heavy. Because they're very heavy, the vehicle becomes very heavy, the vehicle becomes much less efficient. It's also hugely dependent on critical materials. We've got to recognise that these critical materials aren't essential in the fossil-based world. We've lived, muddled through pretty much with steel and aluminium in a fossil-based world. As we move to renewables, there's a huge demand for everything from copper towards the rarer end of the scales, lithium, nickel, cobalt, neodymium, dysprosium, you name it. And we need an order of magnitude more of these materials. We cannot use them, squander them on uh, functions where we could be doing it in other ways. We need an awful lot of these materials for wind turbines, for instance. So we can't tie up all these raw materials in batteries for cars. We've got to look at the whole system together. And hydrogen vehicles have a bit of platinum. Our vehicle has no more platinum than a catalytic converter. And that's the only critical material, really. So we have a very important complementary role to play. It's also so much more convenient for customers because we hear about range anxiety and recharging time. With hydrogen cars, it's very much like a petrol car. You can just rock up to a filling station and drive out three minutes later with 300 miles in your tank. And it gives you all the flexibility and convenience that petrol gives us. We often hear that 80% of journeys less than 20 miles, and that's probably true. And that's where we should be using batteries, for sure. But the corollary of that, that nobody ever points out, is that 80% of the miles are driven in the other 20% of journeys. And that's 80% of the problem. And that's where we need hydrogen. Batteries are great for short-range applications and regular duty cycles. But as the range becomes longer or the duty cycle becomes more spontaneous,
2: batteries become less and less convenient.
0: Tam, how important do you think hydrogen will play in achieving net zero?
2: I think it's crucial to achieve net zero because we can't do it with electrons alone. So if we take our local area, for example, the Celtic Sea is a huge opportunity for southwest Wales to build out floating offshore wind turbines. For example, the estimate is Up to 60 gigawatt of wind could be built out in the Celtic Sea, but the grid can't take that power. So if we need to decarbonize our energy system, we've got the natural resources available to do that, but we don't have the connectivity. And so we need hydrogen. We need molecules as well as electrons to do that. So if we can produce hydrogen from the floating offshore wind, from the electricity which comes from that, and we can use that hydrogen in our existing systems, like our gas grid, like our transport sector, to produce electricity through our power station, then that will allow us to build out more wind and make that viable for us.
0: So let's move on to the Milford Haven Energy Kingdom project. Steve, would you like to give us a short overview?
1: Milford Haven Energy Kingdom project was actually born out of a Welsh government initiative. We were asked to look for a zero carbon area within Pembrokeshire. The county council ourselves, we didn't really have a cluster of buildings or energy users that lent themselves to the zero carbon area. But we were working with the port authority as one of our partners. uh, And we knew that Milford Waterfront had huge potential around that, given that the port had a five megawatt solar farm right adjacent to the waterfront area. They also um, are the landlords of the trading estate that has entities like Tesco, uh, Welsh Water, got a big pumping station there. The waterfront itself is used for leisure, residential apartments. You've got a big fishing industry still at the port. Sort of 24-hour activity, really, around the port there. So that was our ideal zone for a zero-carbon area. A lot of rooftop PV as well that have been rolled out by the port. So really, we were looking at using those electrons initially to decarbonise that waterfront. We soon began to realise that there was a potential role for hydrogen here as well, because we were very close to the the national gas grid. Milford Haven itself is a massive energy port. It brings in 25% of UK energy. It's got the largest liquefied natural gas terminal in Europe. Valero's is one of the largest refineries in Europe. And RWE's power station is one of the largest combined gas cycle turbines in Europe as well. So it, it had all the elements to start looking at the whole energy system. If we could use that renewable power to make hydrogen, we could look well beyond the waterfront and into the whole Milford Haven area itself uh, and bring in all of those multinationals on the journey. So the Energy Kingdom was born then, really. And it's about the potential of zero carbon hydrogen alongside renewable electricity, of which we potentially have in abundance when we consider all of the floating offshore wind, wave and tidal resource in the Celtic Sea. And then using that hydrogen and renewable electricity to meet all of our needs for, uh, as I mentioned earlier, buildings, power generation, transport, heat, hot water in our homes. So covering that whole energy system. That's that in a nutshell, Michelle.
0: Hugo, why was River Simple interested in being part of the project?
3: We are very keen to make sure that our hydrogen vehicles and hydrogen infrastructure are integrated with the wider energy system. The more widely we use the virtues of hydrogen, the more it reinforces the case for use of hydrogen in each individual application. As far as I'm aware, there is nobody who is demonstrating anywhere in the world such an integrated vision of how building heat and transport can be integrated with various renewable sources. And so it's a remarkable demonstration that can be used to roll out in different places In Wales and more widely in the UK and abroad, our entire strategy with bringing hydrogen vehicles to market is based around growing out hubs. We can't start off with vehicles doing long distance intercity travel before there's an infrastructure. People talk about the chicken and egg, but we believe that the secret is about concentrating demand, putting a large number of vehicles in the small area. And there's over 3 million cars, for instance, in the UK that operate within a 25-mile radius. There's also a host of council vehicles, for instance, in this instance. There's uh, last-mile delivery vehicles. There's lots of vehicles that operate in a small area. And if you can build vehicles with a 300-mile range, a single refueler unlocks a local market. And integrating that with local energy systems so that it's not imported hydrogen but locally generated and it's green, makes so much sense, but we need a real-world demonstration to be able to convince people of this, and uh, Milford Haven Energy Kingdom's doing precisely that.
0: Steve, do you want to give us a bit more information about the transport demonstrator that the project is delivering?
1: The County Council actually led on this specific work package under the Energy Kingdom project, and it was to build out an electrolyzer to make hydrogen on site using Uh, Where absolutely possible, the port's locally generated renewable electricity to drive electrolysis. We capture that hydrogen then, um, store it in a a multi-cylinder pack of gas bottles, and we've linked that to a high-cube refueler supplied by our contractor partners' fuel cell systems. From that, we can then have enough fuel to fuel two River Simple Raza hydrogen fuel cell electric vehicles, Obviously, the, the razors they take that hydrogen that we've produced, and store it in tanks in the car, and then they put that through a fuel cell. And the fuel cell then simply combines that hydrogen with oxygen and produces electricity. And that's the simplicity and beauty of a fuel cell. So we have four electric motors over each wheel in the car. And off we go. We have an electric car, but an electric car that's fueled by hydrogen. And it gives us a refueling time of sub five minutes and a range of, of 200 to 300 miles. The uniqueness of the trial that we're running at Milford Haven is the fact that we're using River Simple's Raza car. It's engineered from the ground up. Hugo will correct me if I'm wrong, but Raza is Latin for clean slate, and it was designed to be very lightweight. So it's half the weight of a traditional production car. You have Toyota's Mirai, for example. Uh, You have the Hyundai Nexo, all commercially available, hydrogen fuel cell electric vehicles, but they're not as light as the Raza. The fact the razor is so light gives us about 120 kilometers per kilo of hydrogen at the moment, which is twice the range of, of the other cars. So we can get an awful lot of mileage for our, our input in a nutshell. It's a pretty small refueler, small electrolyzer, but it's given us enough hydrogen to drive the cars um, for a significant range every day. We're then using those cars to replicate our fleet driver routes, our pool car mileage, Members of Pempshire County Council are driving the cars around. We're also aiming to engage the NHS, so local healthcare workers can drive the cars around. The Port of Milford Haven staff will be using the cars ultimately as well. So we're proving the case, really, for um, uh, an installation that is relatively simple to build out. As I say, all you need is a source of water and electricity, and you can make hydrogen. It's all containerized. We could literally pick up our refueler. Uh, in a matter of days and move it to another site if if required. So pretty simple and interesting
2: solution.
0: And the project's also got a heating demonstrator. Tam, would you like to give us a bit more information about that?
2: We've installed a smart hydrogen hybrid heating system. Uh, it's a bit of a mouthful, but essentially it combines a heat pump with a smart control system to a traditional gas boiler system. The advantages. Of a system like this is that it's ready to make the best use of all available renewable energy when that's available and then can fall back onto hydrogen when not available it's low disruption retrofit there's no changes made to the building fabric radiators or pipework and the advantages of this sort of system is that you can use the storage which is available within the gas system to provide flexibility to the electricity system Ultimately, what you're doing then is minimising the cost of achieving net zero heating by minimising that cost of building retrofit, energy network reinforcement, and reducing the required capacities of electricity generation, green gas, hydrogen production and storage that's required. So overall, reducing costs for the UK to get to net zero in heating. In Milford, the system, it's a world first in that it's the first retrofit of a hydrogen boiler into an existing building. It's the first smart hybrid heating system to be installed in a commercial building and it's the first smart hydrogen hybrid heating system combining the air source heat pump and the hydrogen boiler.
0: Tam, how far do you think the results from the project will be before you see them in everyday life?
2: What we've installed is very much a first generation prototype because we have separate units, a separate air source heat pump and a separate hydrogen boiler. I think that next generation will be combining those units into one unit. And we already see projects which are combining methane boiler and air source heat pump into one unit. The next generation will be to combine hydrogen boiler and air source heat pump into one unit. I can see that coming down the road in the next five years or so. And I think after that, then we'll start to see mass rollout of hybrid systems. But we do need government to be behind hybrid systems. Government is as yet undecided about hydrogen and heating, and a decision is due to be made in 2026. So we need the government support of hydrogen and hybrid systems to see that mass rollout over time. I think one of the revelations for me being involved
3: in the Milford Haven Energy Kingdom project has been the hybrid heating system. I really think it's absolute genius. It's indicative of a sort of theme that's running through all sustainable solutions as they emerge. The smart solutions are not an either or. As you know, there's a ding dong raging between battery and uh, hydrogen cars There's a ding-dong raging between hydrogen and electricity for home heating. And the solution isn't one or the other. The solution, without any shadow of doubt in my mind, is what TAM is demonstrating at MHEK. We don't argue about solar PV or wind turbines, which one's going to win the renewable energy race. That's another example where multiple solutions actually are much more powerful than any single solution can be on its own. And we all know how biodiversity is so important for resilience. I really believe that techno diversity is absolutely critical to having sustainable industrial systems as well. As I say, the hybrid heating system has been a bit of a revelation to me.
0: How long do you think before the results from the project will be in everyday life?
3: We actually believe that there are no remaining technical barriers to bringing hydrogen cars to market. The real barriers are to do with people and politics and inertia. Uh, We've learned an awful lot from the MHEK project already. We've um, been getting an enormous amount of telemetry data. We've got 143 journeys recorded, I believe, so far from Port Authority and County Council fleet movements with RASAs. And we're learning a great deal about duty cycles, about uh, fleet managers, what they do and don't like. All this helps us refine the vehicles we bring to market. We're aiming to have a production facility operational in early 2025 that's capable of making 5,000 vehicles a year in mid Wales. The only perceived barrier has been infrastructure. But as I was saying earlier, if we go for local vehicles, concentrating demand, working with other vehicle providers who are producing other types of vehicles that run on hydrogen. It builds a strong business case for investment in the infrastructure and it doesn't require the whole of the rest of the country instantaneously to transition. It allows a business case at a local level and that can be reproduced in different areas. The pace at which it rolls out is really more a matter of will than, than technology barriers.
1: Through Energy Kingdom, um, two years ago, really, we weren't really talking much about hydrogen. But over the last two years that the project's been running, it's gathered such momentum to the point where, you know, the rollout of, of hydrogen vehicles is also sort of hampered by the availability of green hydrogen and refuelling sites. So what we're seeing through the project is that two major renewable energy companies are now committing to producing green hydrogen. And their timeline is to have a significant a very significant amount of green hydrogen available by around 2025. That ties in with River Simple's sort of production targets for mass production. And once we have that green hydrogen, it's a case then of of just having the refueling sites to take that hydrogen. Over the last two years, it really has snowballed into looking very positive um, in that market. We must remember, we're not just talking about RASs here. We're talking about green hydrogen that can service uh, the potential for hydrogen fuel cell trains. We could be looking at the marine sector, and really, really looking at the freight sector and the movement of lorries, because Pembrokeshire alone has two major ports at Fishguard and Pembroke Dock. Uh, we see a lot of rolling freight, so huge potential as a hub. And as Hugo indicated, that's entirely replicable across the UK. You know, we have ambitions for Pembrokeshire to be the renewable electricity and green hydrogen hub for UK. But in reality, I think we'll see a number of those hubs across the UK, and that's great to have. You know, that potential for that renewable energy and hydrogen economy coming from all corners of the UK.
0: So what do you think a project like MHEK means for Wales? I'll open the floor here.
1: Milford Haven Energy Kingdom It's not actually an implementation project, although we've been doing the two really important demonstrators that we've talked about, and they've really added some great weight behind the project. It's actually a detailed design project, so it's almost a blueprint project to say this is the potential for the hydrogen and renewable electricity economy. This is how it should integrate across the whole energy system. So I think it's hugely important, actually, for that. It really is the way to go. We know that the electricity grid cannot take all of the renewable electricity that we can generate. We have massive potential as the UK with the resources we have, particularly when you look at floating offshore wind wave tidal to basically many times oversupply our needs. But we can't get that into the grid at the moment without massive, massive investment into that grid, great upheaval into that grid it makes an awful lot of sense to convert some of that renewable electricity into hydrogen. And then we can use the hydrogen across the whole system that we've we've already said we can get it into the gas grid. We already have a huge storage facility and transport mechanism using that gas grid, and we can use it across the whole system there. So we think it's hugely important from that perspective. We're integrated, members of our Energy Kingdom team are integrated with the South Wales Industrial Cluster team. We're also looking at Uh, The potential for hydrogen to transform and decarbonise industry. We're very happy with the project and think it's got huge potential for Wales to lead in a market. Hugely important that we don't just see all this technology outsourced. As we initially saw with the first sort of round of wind power, a lot of that money goes out of the country to multinationals elsewhere. We really need to retain the benefits within Wales and the UK. So we need to become leaders in these technologies.
3: I think that the changes that we're going through are really, in our lifetime, a unique opportunity for Wales, actually. When you're going through a step change, it's not large companies who pioneer the way forwards. It's small companies, because what you need in a step change is agility, not scale. If we in Wales were to try and build a new Ford Fiesta, we haven't got the scale of companies and economy to compete with the global manufacturers. But when you're going through a step change and new technology, it doesn't need that sort of scale because you're not trying to optimize a mature technology which requires thousands of people, huge resources thrown at it. It's the agility and the ability to connect different technologies and different people rather than scale. That is why small companies always pioneer disruptive technologies. And it gives an opportunity for Wales to pioneer as well. Um, now, there's not just the automotive sector, but in the energy system as well, we're going through a step change. And again, the agility is much more important than scale. You look at the scale of the Muffet Haven project. It isn't enormous, but it's profoundly important. And I think that when we're going through this step change, the sectors are immature, and that gives us an opportunity to establish a globally significant position in industries and supply chains of the future. It's much harder to establish an important role once it becomes widely adopted. You're then playing catch-up, and it's very difficult for a small country to catch up. So now is the opportunity for us to really punch above our weight, I believe. Dan,
0: would you like to add anything to that?
2: Yeah, we've already mentioned the huge significance, as it stands, of the Haven Waterway. It is the most significant cluster of energy infrastructure in the UK, a hugely significant cluster of energy activity there. It's all based around, at the moment, the oil and gas sector, which we need to transition over time to a net zero future.
0: So what do you think the next steps are for the MHEK project?
1: As I've said, as we've gone down this journey of nearly two years on the Energy Kingdom project, um, the County Council, Port and Milford Haven, offshore renewable energy catapult, we've developed this vision to be Pembrokeshire as the green energy capital and green hydrogen hub of the UK. So that is an obvious future direction for us now. It's been directly shaped by the project. Uh, We formed a future Haven waterway group which includes all of the multinationals around the Haven, but also all of the new renewable energy sector. And that group is really trying to influence Welsh Government, central government, uh, and engage them in the conversation as to the huge potential we have for the hydrogen economy in, in Milford Haven and the UK. We see Milford Haven Energy Kingdom perhaps becoming Milford Haven Hydrogen Kingdom. That's not to the exclusion of renewable electricity. As we've said, the massive emphasis here is all about electricity and hydrogen in tandem electrons and molecules together in the whole energy system. It may go into more detail then and become more of a delivery project as to how to actually drive this forward.
0: Would anyone like to add anything
3: there? It's from our point of view, the Milford Haven Energy Kingdom project is enormously helpful because with Innovate support, we're developing strands of our work that we wouldn't otherwise be able to do either without the funding or without the support of our partners. One of the key reports that uh, we're involved in is to build out the business case for the refueling infrastructure. It's using data gathered in Milford Haven and also in our other beta test in Monmouthshire. It's a template that can be used to... um, build the economic case in other areas. It's not tied just to one specific location. The other thing that we're learning from the trial is um, real-world user data talking to different types of users about what they like and don't like, what's really good, what can be improved. And all of this is really a, a genuine beta test for us, feeding into the development of our production car. The audience never beta tests cars. They never let customers anywhere near the car before it's ready to come into production but in our case uh, we are running this in parallel with our vehicle development and all this information is being fed into our vehicle and service design so that not just the vehicle itself but the customer proposition we believe will be hugely enhanced by going through this learning experience.
1: Michelle, can I also add in at this point, it's really important to say um, who the partners in the project are. We've talked about a number, obviously the County Council, River Sim, Port of Milford Haven, but Offshore Renewable Energy Catapult are project managing this. Wales and West Utilities are another partner, which is hugely important when we're talking about the gas grid and the distribution grid for hydrogen. And then we've got Arup, who've been mapping out all of existing and potential renewable generation and looking at the existing energy systems, working on immediate investable propositions, of which we have a number, and looking at long-term sort of horizons, An awful lot of detailed work being done by Arup. And then we've got Energy Systems Catapult as well, we have done a groundbreaking report already, which has been released on our energy kingdom website that's all about how a hydrogen and renewable energy systems architecture could look how that would how a trading platform would look for those commodities and also energy systems catapult are undertaking a load of community engagement work as well asking actual real people uh, around the haven what they think of the potential for hydrogen in the energy system. How would they feel about having their, their gas hob converted to hydrogen, having their home heating converted to hydrogen, having their transport fueled by hydrogen? So much depth to the project. Um, it's really hard to squeeze it all into one podcast, but I just wanted to emphasise that. And one last thing from me is also I failed to mention it under the vehicle demonstrator. People always ask us, well, how much does it cost? And what we're seeing is to, to fuel the Razors, where we can produce hydrogen using locally sourced renewable electricity, we can fuel a Raza for about £20 for 500 miles. That's phenomenal when you compare that to diesel at about £75. Even if we were to use grid electricity to buy certified renewable electricity. We can still get 500 miles in a Raza for about 35 to £40. Pounds. Really interesting data coming out of the project there.
0: Thanks, Steve. Tam, have you got any closing comments?
2: I would just say what's really important with this project, and I think what this project has done really well, is brought the community along with it part of the project which we've not mentioned is a lesson pack has been designed for schools and the, the Raza vehicle will be taken to schools in the local area to educate the kids on the future of hydrogen and the role of hydrogen and renewables in the haven what that technology looks like and how they can interact with it it's really great to be bringing the community along with that journey and educating local people about the future that's on their doorstep and the opportunity that that offers to them.
0: Steve, Tam, Hugo, thank you for taking part in this special episode. It's now time to de-energise until next month. In the meantime, listeners can find out more about ORE Catapult activities at ore.catapult.org.uk and don't forget to follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn at ORE Catapult.